to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Woo. Say yeah. Got to start off the episode just like that, Dennis. Oh, that, that's, to the that's State old Podcast. stuff now, though. That's old <laughs> stuff now. You're, you're right. You're right. But that was one of the most amazing starts to yeah. uh, theme music that I think you could always have. Like, so I, I know cool. it's old stuff, but it's still iconic to me. Welcome okay. to the Culture State Podcast. I'm Chris Lee. That is my guy, Dennis Jamel Cox, right there. Uh, and we have a really, really special episode of the Culture State mm-hmm. Podcast this week. Tell them all about it, DJ. Look, the best tag team in the world, yes. FTR. Yes. Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood. They currently hold belts in three major international promotions. AEW, here in, based in the United States. AAA, big promotion down in Mexico. And New Japan Pro Wrestling. They hold the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. They've also well, technic- hold, have held... Technically, is, is Ring of Honor, not, not AEW. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, but I, it's, I it's owned by AEW, but yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Ring of Honor. They were previously <laughs> AEW champs. Sorry, I got mixed yes. up in my head there. Uh so, yes, yeah, so that goes along with having held the NXT Tag Team Championships, the Raw and the SmackDown Tag Team Championships while they're at WWE. So, yes, I, I'm sorry, I misspoke there. Uh, but I did not get wrong, Chris, the fact that they are the best tag team in the world. <laughs> uh, and, and they're and they're from right here in North Carolina. Both guys are, uh, which is really cool to see, especially when they get introduced now. F- they they get built from Asheville, North Carolina, and it's just kind of cool hearing that. Like, hey, look, a couple Carolina boys – being the top of the world. If I'm not mistaken, um, I, I think Dax is actually from the Wilmington area, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's cool to see two guys who are who grew up on just the the mid Atlantic type of style of wrestling mm-hmm. take that and then become the best tag team in the world yeah. right now um, in FTR. And so it was cool to have them on the, on the show. And if you think about it, man. A lot of people want to see FTR Young Bucks. That is kind of bubbling. Of course, it's coming. But I really would love to see a Hardy Boys FTR program. Yeah. Because I just think that it would be probably what it's, it's going to be so underrated when it happens, but it'll be one of the most emotional matches I think you'd ever see. And it'll be perfect. If it was held right there in the Greensboro Coliseum, yes, or inside a PNC Arena, that's those are the places where you have to have at least, you know, the big blow-off match. It would be yeah. just amazing if that were to happen. The bit, well, if we want to go truly old school with it, it had to be at Dorton Arena in Raleigh. But there's no yeah. air conditioning, I think, anymore at Dorton Arena or, Green, or ever Greensboro was works. actually. Greensboro is where the big shows happen. I know that yeah. people in Raleigh like don't like to admit that, but Greensboro is where the big shows happen. That, so you got to have it at the Greensboro Coliseum. The yeah. Coliseum, that'd be, and here's the thing: you can just build as that, like as North Carolina, as North Carolina wrestling goes, Matt and Jeff Hardy versus FTR, Greensboro Coliseum main event. That's all you need. All right, done. I'm there. Sold out. I'm already there. Sold out. It'll be amazing. So, um, if you guys are unfamiliar with this tag team, get a chance to know them. Mm-hmm. Two guys from the state of North Carolina. We didn't even get a chance to touch on all the things that we wanted to touch on. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think they're open to coming back and doing the interview with us. But if you watch AEW every Wednesday night on TBS and also uh, that's the show named Dynamite, then also AEW Rampage every Friday night, uh, which is on uh, TNT, you'll get a chance to see a lot of FTR. They are one of the featured tag teams there and uh, get a chance to see what North Carolina is putting out right now 
on that tag team scene. Without any further ado, let's just jump into it after this right here on the Culture State Podcast. All right, this is a special episode of the Culture State Podcast right here. Uh, if if you have w- been watching wrestling for the last eight years, you know these guys are one of the best tag teams that's, happen- that's out right now. But with if you just look down what they've accomplished over the last eight years, uh, former NXT champions, uh, WWE Raw tag team champions, WWE SmackDown champions, uh, former AEW tag team champions, current a- uh, AAA World tag team champions, current IWGP tag team champions, current ROH tag team champions, like almost everything that's available right now, <laughs> these guys have between them. Um, and of course, you see the belts in the background right there with uh, with Dax uh, guys thank you FTR is the name of the uh, of the the group cash ruler Dax Harwood thank you guys so much for, for joining us I want to ask you this I know that as performers maybe that while you're doing everything you're kind of maybe critical of what you're doing in the moment but have you taken the time to take a step back and see that we're probably one of the best tag teams that's ever been in a ring ever even though it's been eight years and we're, our, we haven't had a chance to look back on our career like that, we're probably one of the best ever already. Yeah. Um, I'll, I will say <laughs> I want to congratulate you on an almost flawless introduction. You said one of the best. You almost had it perfect. <laughs> but the best tag team. And then you list the accomplishments. But after yeah. that, everything was pretty well done. My fault. Um, I, don't, I don't want any heat. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I think that's part of the reason that everything's kind of been working the way it has been working for me personally. I, I think Dax will agree, and you know, he'll probably say it in a second. But it's because we, we took a step back and we reevaluated what we were doing and how much fun we were having and what was worth it for us. And we decided, like, we've had a really great career, but there's still things we wanted to do. And let's have fun doing those things. Like, they're bucket list items for us now, like, Let's if we're going to do these things, let's have the most possible fun we can while we're doing this. And so we did. And once we started having that much fun, like and people could tell, like they started having all this fun with us. And like they're they're having the same kind of moments we're having where these are childhood dreams we're getting to live out. And now like they can relate to that because they've had similar childhood dreams because we've all loved professional wrestling our whole lives for the most part. And now I think, again, it just people know these are real emotions from us and that we were doing what we could to have the, the, the legacy that we want to have. And now it's really starting to catch fire. Yeah. I mean, I think for, for so long, uh, we just wanted to be greatest tag team, uh, you know, in the world, but also the greatest tag team of all time. Uh, man, you said eight years, you know, you said it's only been eight years, but we've had a chance, uh, you know, reflect, but, um, not very many tag teams stay together for as long as we have. I mean, you think about the greatest of all time, Arn and Tully, they were only a team for a couple of years. Dennis Condry and um, Bobby Eaton, they were only a team for a couple of years. Same thing with Dennis and Stan. Um, you know, the only team that has the uh, has the, the longevity that we have, obviously the Rock and Roll Express, um, but, but even like the Road Warriors, they didn't consistently stay together because, you know, they had some breakups in between uh, from different things like that. So uh, I'm very proud what we've accomplished i'm very pr- proud of what we're continuing to accomplish and i'm you know excited for what we have uh to go forward and by the end of it i i want you know humbly speaking i want us to be considered at least in the conversation for greatest of all time top two and not two right i would i would uh 
I would love to be top two and be one A and one B with someone. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't want there to be I don't want there to be a one A or one B. I want there to just be the A team, and that's us. Yeah, just the one. Now, now, Cash, you mentioned about just how fun it's been for you guys as, as a wrestling fan. For me, seeing that you have AAA, Ring of Honor, IWGP, all these promotions, and you're doing stuff with AEW, yeah, it's it's a blast for us as wrestling fans. But I've always been a tag team wrestling fan. How fun has it been for you guys to not only becoming the, if not already the, best tag team of all time, but just revitalizing tag team wrestling? It's it's crazy for me to even realize like what kind of history we we have made at this point right now. Like right now, like you said, just currently, not even what we've done in the past, but currently, AAA, IWGP, and Ring of Honor. Like, if you think about it, and I won't go into everything, but like that shouldn't be possible. No, but we've done it, and like now we we are legitimately world champions, like Mexico, U.S., and Japan, and. Yeah. One thing that we've always said we wanted to do, especially once we we left and we started making this new journey, was that we wanted to go to Japan. And Forbidden Door was a dream come true. Winning them in Japan, I think, would have been something that would have been, I don't know, not even like it's a bad thing, but just winning them in Japan for me, just to go to Japan and perform and win them there would have been really cool. But what we did at Forbidden Door is just as cool for me and it's not ever going to be lost on me that we're doing these things and like you said i think it's revitalized tag team wrestling like tag team wrestling is being talked about a lot right now like we're getting more interview requests than we've had probably our whole careers that talk about tag team wrestling there's people saying they want to see us and the bucks main event a pay-per-view for tag team wrestling like that is what we've always wanted like yes we want to be the best yes we want to go down in history but more importantly we want to make tag team wrestling the best thing that it could ever be and i think we're finally getting to see this come to fruition and it's going to give me goosebumps talking about it for so long tag team wrestling was a back burner uh because yeah. one company for the last 20 or so years or whatever there's one company and that one company always focused on singles wrestling so the tag team guys uh would attempt to outshine their partners because they were just focused on themselves and you know that is selfish but sometimes you got to be selfish in this business um, for us, we wanted to completely change that. When we first started tagging, which our our tag team anniversary was two days ago, eight eight years, two days ago. Um, mm. When we first Happy anniversary, yeah, uh, <laughs> when we first spoke, we said, "Look, there's no jealousy, there's no selfish ambition. Let's don't try to outdo each." Other. Um, and again, humbly speaking, I feel like this is our second um, our second revitalization of tag team wrestling. First one came in 2015 and 16. Um, where we you know, took tag team wrestling and put it back in the forefront, but also made tag team wrestling what it is and what it should be. The storytelling, the, the, um, the overcoming the odds. And, and now uh, in 2022, um, we're able to do the same thing, but on the different side of the coin, we get to be uh, fan favorites, which is, which is really cool. But, you know, Holding the the three championships we have now and calling ourselves seven star FTR because of all the other championships in the past, I think it's revitalized tag team wrestling and allowed people to, to understand that uh, tag team wrestling can be and should be the main event. Tag team wrestling be and should be the greatest form of entertainment in professional wrestling. I will say real quick, Chris, before you get to your next question, is seeing you guys come out on Dynamite. We got 
belts around each shoulder, belts around your waist. I was like, can we can we put the TNA ones and the AEW belts on these guys? Just like Ultimo <laughs> Dragon walking out here. Like that's what I want to see because it's to me it's it's also really fun because you guys also do represent the state of North Carolina. Because hey, it's from Asheville, North Carolina, FTR. It's like that's super cool. We'll appreciate that. And if it's cool for us. And yeah, and that, you know, some people think the belts are props, but it means a lot to us because yeah. these two different companies um, have put faith in us to give mm-hmm. us belts. You know, Ring of Honor, who's owned by Tony Khan, AAA, um, who I've talked to, uh, you know, just recently on Twitter, Miss Pena, she, they put the AAA belts on us, Conan at the lead there. Um, and then Gato and New Japan. I mean, that's that's pretty cool to think that three biggest, three of the biggest wrestling companies in the world trust us enough to put the belts on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's crazy. <sighs> it's big. It, it's it's um, something that's that's really huge. I want to take it back to the beginning uh, for both of you guys. Um, Dax had a chance to, of course, to run into you as you were on your way out, let, uh, heading to WWE as I was starting to train at CWF. And um, and and then, of course, you know, uh, you, Cash, you were doing your thing on the independent scene. Did you guys uh, know each other or maybe happening at a random show, maybe tag with each other before on the independent scene? And what's the history like before you guys both got to WWE? And uh, is this something that you guys both saw coming uh, later down the <laughs> road as far as going on more of a, a tag team road instead of doing the singles? Um, so we obviously we knew of each other and um, God, third time today, humbly speaking, we were two of the best wrestlers in North Carolina at the time. <laughs> we had heard of each other and we had talked to each other through social media and stuff like that, but we had never really met. Um, and Cash, he was doing a lot of extra work for WWE and to the point where a lot of the guys thought he was already hired because he was there so much. Um, I had never really done extra work for WWE. I didn't – I was – lazy on that that end and and you know there was never interest finally the regal had saw a match of mine and there was there and i i I was booked for uh, extra work and we we knew each other was going so we got each other we got up with each other through maybe facebook or myspace or whatever it was at the time i don't know yeah i can't remember what was in yeah and uh you know cash said we should we should ride together because we were booked for a couple of shows and i was like yeah that's that's cool and so that's how we first uh physically met you know uh we had never worked together and they said okay we want to see you and you wrestle tonight and um it was in front of nobody except for the the wrestlers which is worse than doing it in front of the crowd because you've got your peers and people you look up to um and even people you've idolized through your career watching you and so they said okay get in the ring now and uh you know we didn't call anything uh we went in the ring and um we just made matching. and they told us it was either going to go two minutes or it could go 20 minutes. They didn't know. Uh, the referee would tell us, you know, when to take it home. So two minutes went by. They said, keep going. Five minutes, eight minutes, ten minutes. They said, everybody loves it. Keep going. And by this time, all the wrestlers <laughs> left the stands and, and left the, the, the back, and they started surrounding the ring. Um, and they were watching our match. And, you know, finally about the 15-minute mark, they said, okay, we've seen enough. Take it home. We took it home. Standing ovation, people jumped in the ring that I had no idea who they were. I mean, I knew who they were, but, you know, personally, I didn't know who they were. They hugged us and told us how great that was. And um, that was that was a good feeling. And um, that's kind of how our friendship grew. And I think from there we knew that we were going to get an opportunity. And, you know, we had started talking from there on that if we did get this opportunity, we should be a tag team. 
Yeah. Um, the, the common thread there, besides the fact that we knew each other or knew of each other, is that Regal, you know, saw a match of Dave's, Dax, and reached out to him to do extra work. He had taken a liking to me and kept giving me work because the life of an indie wrestler isn't that lucrative, you know, especially in North Carolina when you are only doing shows that you're able to do based off your work schedule and everything else that goes on in real life. So he would, he had said like, you know, when we're in, a, in the area, if it's within driving distance, you know, come on down, basically I can open invitation or they, they would call me because they'd keep me in mind because I'd been in the area. And sometimes you do the, do the dark matches and you get paired up with people you don't know. And it gets, it's ugly, you know, like you, it doesn't go well. And it got to the point where Regal literally had said, like, you don't have to do these anymore. Like, we know what you can do in the ring. Now it's just, you know, in case you get an actual dark match with one of the talent, like the contracted talents, or if they need somebody to be an on-screen something. Like, it was that point. But when Dave was there, we we wanted to do ring because it was, we, we just knew. Like, I knew how good he was. That we had, like, talked and heard of each other. So, like, hey, if we get a chance to, to do matches tomorrow, like I said, I'd been doing them for a while, so I knew kind of what the company liked and didn't like or what they, like, were frat, like, they kind of rolled their eyes at. So when we rode together, we were just talking about the, all those things that I'd seen people do, the stupid things. And he was like, oh, why would, let's not even talk about it. Let's just go out there and wrestle. Let's be physical. And that's yeah. what we did. And like he said, like, they just kept going. And they were just like, Scott Armstrong was the referee. And he was like, relaying the message. He's like, hey, they're loving it, boys. Keep going. He's like, they're, they're into it. Let's just keep going. He's, you know, they'll give us the signal. And they gave us the signal. Like he said, once it was done, like, you kind of had a feeling that something was coming from that. And we said if everything everything lined up and if it ever worked out to where we were in NXT together at the same time, we needed to go with this tag team idea. And again, it just, it did, it fell into place. I got there, he was coming back from an ACL injury. Um, he was getting cleared right as I was getting ready to do in-ring. So they, we got teamed up, we did our promos together and everything kind of like, yeah, let's roll with it. When he came back from injury, it was my first match in NXT. So eight years ago, two days ago, yeah. the rest is history. Yeah. Now, we did see a singles match between you two on Dynamite. We'll get into that a little bit later. But like Chris mentioned, early days of you all in the independent scene here in North Carolina, you look not just the two of you all, but guys like Adam Page, Cedric Alexander, No Way Jose, Trevor Lee, these guys have now made it up to these larger promotions. You guys have been part of that big group of people that have come from North Carolina. Dax, I'll start with you. How how proud are you as a North Carolinian, North Carolinian to see these other guys come up through the ranks in North Carolina? Well, first of all, I think it's very funny that uh, I, what I expect is the two of you guys, uh, Lee and Cox, are drinking uh, water out of your water bottles. Is that correct? Yeah. Dan's drinking water and I'm drinking whiskey. And nice. <laughs> well, I'm at work right now, so I can't. So I'm at work too. So yeah, yeah. Just real quick. Might be something else I, if I was at home. I don't have my iPad. I was telling them when we were waiting earlier that I have my iPad, so I'm doing this on my phone. I have Don Julio propping up my phone. So there you go. <laughs> Once we're done. And another thing, because this happens all the time, that shirt that you're wearing, Cash, 
is laying on my bed because I put it on this morning to go have coffee. Uh, and so we would have <laughs> beautiful shirt. Sorry, I'm going to turn Dory Funk, baby. Nice. <laughs> but but what, what you're saying is how proud. Um, so what we were told is after that match that he and I had, because North Carolina wasn't a hotbed for indie wrestling, even though there were a ton of great talent. Um, the people were the, the the independent wrestling. The hotbed was in California and upstate, like uh, Jersey and, and Philadelphia and things like that. So we never got any kind of recognition for for our talents as North Carolina uh, uh, wrestlers. Uh, after that match, you know these guys had never heard of me, and you know they were just now getting familiar with with Cash. And after we both got hired, um, they started and they asked. They started asking us who are some talents from the Carolinas because they didn't know anybody. They didn't know where we came from or how we got that good. Um, so I think I'm more proud of that than anything that we opened that door for yeah. the North Carolina wrestlers. Um, and and it, we didn't give them a platform. Uh, they made their own platform, but we at least kind of creaked that door open for them to be found. So I'm very proud of that. Um, yeah. I think, I think the Carolinas have always had some great professional wrestlers. Um, and I just think that it's never now is a different story. 2022 is a different story. But, uh, you know, back 10 years ago when, when we were on the scene, um, no one really paid attention to it. Cash, how about you? Yeah, I think, like he was saying, knowing that for so long that just that area, that whole region was slept on as far as talent produced. And there were so many guys that, I think could have been very successful on large stages, didn't get a fair look and like their careers kind of came and went without ever getting a fair look by any of the major companies, all because again, there wasn't a lot of coverage in the area for us. Like it was all, like I said, the Northwest or the Northeast or the, the West coast. And then a little bit in the Midwest, but as far as our region, like NWA Wildside at the time was the, the largest thing. And that was kind of where I, I was like, able to learn. But even that, as far as talent known, was relatively unknown. Yeah. So to see like the the amount of people that, and it, again, like uh, the Bravado Brothers are a team that I, I would have loved to have worked with. And we pitched when we were in NXT as a team to be brought in because we wanted to work with those guys. And now, like, you know, one of them did get signed, but as a team, they didn't. And that's a shame. For me, I feel like that's a shame because there were so many guys. And now to see what we've done, what Adam's done, what so many guys have been able to accomplish, you wouldn't think it'd be possible. Like growing up in old Fort North Carolina, I thought I was done for as far as a wrestling career. So to see it now get some recognition and see the amount of talent that comes out of there and people actually are aware of them before they really break out, it's cool. Take us into some of your personal conversations because um, here's something that I've noticed. Like there's, you have your matches where uh, every spot in the world is done in the particular match. Then you have the matches where it's more of the Southern style that you guys have, where it's more emotion in there, it's more mat based. But then when it's the right time, you guys kind of take it up when it, when it is right. Um, and you, I noticed that those are the matches that are a little bit more memorable, right? Like you guys versus the Briscoes earlier this year, um, the, the TV matches you guys had uh, for AEW the, this year. A lot of the other stuff kind of seems like um, like it's cool to look at, but almost like throwaways. Do you guys uh, realize that at the time that like we're doing this, like 
we may not be doing the flashiest thing, but we're giving people matches they're going to remember in 10, 20 years and, and show their kids, hey, this is what got me hooked to AEW. Is that part of you guys' uh, private conversations? Yeah, I mean, that's part of a public conversation. <laughs> that's something that we, yeah. you know, obviously get people upset at us a lot for it. But it, it's not like we're saying that people today don't know how to. It's just they refuse to have the confidence in themselves, too. Like, and I'm not saying that it's this comparison that makes the most sense, but it's a Michael Bay Transformers movie versus a Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. Like, they're superhero films. But one's a lot more reality based. <laughs> one's much more memorable based on the emotion you felt, as opposed to all the nonsense that you saw in Transformers. Like, I love all those things, but I remember Dark Knight way more than I ever remember anything Michael Bay made because it's just all style, no substance. And that's it. Like you said, it's a it's an old school style, but I don't think it's even an old school style. We just try to be ground like grounded in reality. We try to have logic. We try to tell stories that make sense. And a lot of that, I think, is just lost for a cheap pop based on a fantastic maneuver. And it's, again, it's a car crash analogy. When you see a car wreck, you're like, oh, whoa, did you see that? Like when you're watching NASCAR, like what we watch for. But when you see a car wreck and it's somebody that you know involved, it's, oh, my God, are they okay? Are they okay? Because now you're emotionally invested in that. Yeah. And I feel like so many people are doing the NASCAR wreck analogy as opposed to making somebody care about the person doing it. Uh, I'll keep going, but I'm going to stop myself now. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with um, any type of wrestling, old school, new school, flash, nothing like that. The only thing, the one thing is selling. That's it. Um, the match we had with the Briscoes, go back and watch it. There was, I mean, there weren't really any big moves. All it was was selling. Um, yeah. I gave, you know, when me and um, uh, uh, Jay locked up, we ran a high spot and I gave him a forearm. He sold uh, the big suplex to the floor, which did hurt like hell. We sold all of us, all of us sold for two minutes. That's all it is. Is that's the one thing that's missing in wrestling, and it's easy to say, just like Cash was saying, it's easy to say. Um, but putting it into practice is when your confidence. Um, and that's, but you know, people say, "Oh, well, did you hear them though? They were going crazy." Yeah, they were going crazy. But um, you know, I could go out there and you know. Uh, I don't know what we can say on the show, but I can go out there and, and defecate in the ring and they're going to pop for it. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean it's good or not, not even good. That doesn't mean that it's right. Um, but the thing that makes them remember is their feeling, you know, how they felt. The, 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 again, the match Briscoes, the last, I mean, the thing, they're not going to remember the suplex to the floor. That's not, they're, they're going to remember the feeling they got from that match. That's all there is to it. And, uh, the guys are uh, a lot of guys today um, are so uh, worried that they're going to lose the people in their 15 minute match. If they have a 15 minute match and people aren't screaming for, you know, the whole 15 minutes, they're freaking out. And, you know, he brought up the Michael Bay thing and um, the Dark Knight situation. And I've equated it to you've got a car crash movie or not a car crash, I'm sorry, a disaster movie and you've got uh, a, a drama. Right. And the disaster movie, you're going to watch in the theater and you're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy. You're going to drink your, your drink and eat your popcorn. You're going to you know, finish. And it's like, oh, that was a lot of that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and that's something like um, that, that movie, uh, 19. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it was just a movie about people getting killed and, you know, the brains going everywhere. That's the movies they remember for one night. And then tomorrow they forget 
and then you got yeah. Citizen Kane, which was a mo- which is a movie that was made, mm-hmm. you know, almost a hundred years ago, and people still equate it as the greatest movie of all time because that because of how they felt. Forrest Gump, I can go watch that movie every time it's on. And, yeah. and, and yeah. that that's that's what's missing in wrestling is the emotion. Uh, my wife will watch when I'm on. She has no idea what a 450 feels like or a shooting star press or even a drive or even a snap mare. You know, she doesn't know what those feel like, but she knows what sadness feels like and frustration and happiness. She knows what that feels like. So when you can make people feel that, then, then you got them. And then that's when it becomes, uh, that's when it becomes a classic when you make them feel. And I've never, ever, 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 ever in my 18 years of wrestling said, okay, I'm going to, how, how can I have that? How can I have five star match? Never in my life have I, and I never will. But I will think, okay, how can I make them feel this? And that's the difference in, um, I guess, the, the styles or whatever. Real quick, going back to the selling thing. I'm pretty, you said selling earlier on, right? Yeah, but no. uh, part of my 10 minute tirade, yeah. <laughs> okay, just making sure it wasn't feeling and I, I didn't hear it correctly on my iPhone. Um, so many guys nowadays don't, they do all these spectacular moves and pretend like they don't hurt in the ring to get a reaction. And then they come to the back and they collapse in pain and they got double ice bags here. They got their neck wrapped. They got, and they're all beat up. And it's like, just tell the fans that it hurts also and yeah. let them know that they can they can care about you. So they're, do, they're doing all these things that they pretend doesn't hurt and getting all the car crash reactions and none of the emotional investment. And then they come to the back and they sell like they just got hit by a truck. And it's like, show the fans that once just show them that and see if they invest in you. Okay. Now I, Amazing. I will say this as, as a fan, you know, when I see these matches that you're talking about and these, these car crashes, these big moves and stuff, it's like, yeah, it's that cool. But when I hear you guys entrance music hit, me as a fan, I'm already emotionally invested because I know I'm going to get that pure, that pure emotion from you all. I, I'll, this is a question for both of you all. Cash, I'll start with you. Knowing that you can control and manipulate an audience, their emotions, how, I don't know, describe that feeling to someone who hasn't been in that position before. So I don't even, man, I don't know how this to even verbalize this, but I wanna, I'll give it a go, I promise. But... I don't even know that we can. I just hope that this is how I would feel in a situation. How can we portray that to them and hope they respond the same? Because I'm a human being and I respond to things like, like I said, we, those movies we watch, some of them are dramas and I, I get emotionally invested in like, and it makes me a little sad here and there, or I watch a comedy and I'm laughing. Like every match is a different movie for us. And we got, we want to have different stories told, different emotions evoked. So, I don't know, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get them for sure. But I, I, I know that I care more about that than I do anything about getting my stuff in. Mm-hmm. So that's where I spend all my time. And I think, okay, if we do this right and we give them time to digest this and we, we make them care about all of us in the match, then they're going to they're gonna be loving this. If we build it the right way, they're going to invest. And I have confidence in us that we can do that. I don't always know that we're going to be able to manipulate the – the emotions, but I know that if we are just given a platform to go out there and tell a simple story and a time frame to do it, and we have that ring that we can go out there and we can tell the stories and the emotions that we want to do. And I feel pretty confident in our ability to do that, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. I can't, 
verbalize how confident I am in that without mm-hmm. saying it's just impossible. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being confident, and, and that's what it is: is having confidence in, in that ability and knowing that people are going to recognize the, the the emotion, the feeling. Uh, like with uh, my match with Adam Cole, uh, I wanted to tap out. I knew that way. I, I knew that whole story from beginning to end. Um, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, how I wanted to get there. And I knew at the end of the match, I would break those people's hearts so much that they would love me even more. And I was so confident. And, you know, some of the guys asked, you know, what what the finish was. And I, and I told them they couldn't believe that the baby face was going to tap out. Uh, but I knew that I could break their hearts so much that they would feel sorry for me and have sympathy for me. And next week, they'd love me even more. And, that, and that's all it is, is making them feel, because everyone, I mean, if you can, if you can execute it right, everyone knows what, it, what uh, emotion is, you know, depending on whatever you, want, whatever you want them to feel. You can make, if you can execute it right and make them feel that way, you got them. All right, my final question for you all. Uh, by the way, it was awesome seeing you guys. Chris and I were there at Greensboro Coliseum just before Christmas. You guys in that six oh, man. One of my favorites. Yeah, it was was so much fun. It was never in a million years I imagined. Here's FTR, MJF, Darby Allen, CM Punk, and Sting sharing yeah. a ring together. Crazy. Uh, my final question. Just we'll wrap up here here in a couple minutes. Um, being able to do that on that stage, that a match like that in Greensboro Coliseum, we're sting has had so many memorable matches you get to share that ring with them uh, how special is that for you guys uh dude i honest to god i tell up to date about that match uh it's very funny you bring it up mm-hmm. uh, that's one of my favorite matches one of my favorite memories um it, it was incredible i think the 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 best thing for me is that uh Sting and cm punk um uh, you know Punk's a little is a half a generation for us, but uh, you know I also equate us um, as you know on the same par, um, not as far as star level, not, not nothing like that. But I mean like um, as far as wrestling and uh, and you know where we are at right now. Um, but to to have him and Sting, two guys that I've looked up to, two guys that I've watched, um, to have them to trust to have the trust in us. To call that match, um, I'll never forget it. That that's one of my proudest accomplishments. I mean, two Hall of Famers, um, or well, Punk is a future Hall of Famer. Two of the greatest of all time. Um, two guys that we strive to to uh, to be in this business had the had the had the uh, confidence in us to allow us to call that match. And I mean, call it you know for the the, the stuff we did in the back, but also the stuff we didn't call, the, the stuff that was in the ring that was organic, we got to call that. That's so you're responsible for Sting jumping off the top rope? <laughs> on you guys? Sting is responsible for that, but he wanted okay. to. Not, okay. you know, we're responsible for where it was placed, how it was done. Um, you know, he, he, he wants to deliver, and that's, you know, he could rest on being Sting, you know what I mean? And he could... Mm. He could go out there and just be Sting and still be incredible, but he wants to give the fans something. Um, but yeah, that match is one of my one of my proudest moments in my career. Yeah, that's one of those that's one of those matches where I I think, especially when I officially retire or hang up the boots or whatever, like I'm sure I'll be able to sit back and see things a lot differently. 
just because it's, it's hard to see everything when you're in it. Like, I appreciate everything we're doing right now so much, but I know, like, even more so in 10, 20 years, I'll be able to look back on this and be like, man, what a life I've lived. What what a stupid amount of cool things I've gotten to do. And that's going to be very high on the list because Greensboro is important to me just because it's such a, a rich wrestling history, like, mm. as far as things that have happened there. And those guys in that match mean a lot to me, like, especially, like, seeing a guy, like he was saying, a Sting who... 63 years old now, still going out there week after week and wanting to give people more than their money's worth, more than like the price of admission, more than he's expected to do. He's always wanted to over-deliver. A guy like Punk who came back after eight years, pretty much the entire amount of time we've been a tag team, literally same length, eight-plus years, and now he's back and he's having some of the most fun he's ever had. And guys like on the up, the young up-and-comers like Darby and Max who are going to be around for the next 15 plus years, having all these people in like a match right there. And I had family that was in town because it's such an easy drive for them now. So like to have a match for me, like (laughs) that much star power, as far as like just names in there and they all trust us. And like, we're, we're peers with those guys, not just, they're no longer guys I just look up to and admire and watch on TV and hope to one day emulate or be like, now they're peers. Now they're coworkers. Now they're guys like Dax was saying that we get to go out there and they trust us with their livelihoods. And those guys have done, like especially Punk and Sting, they can, they can hang it up and be done and never have to worry about anything another day in their lives. But they trust us with their bodies to go out there and protect them because they're just doing this now for the fans. They, they yeah. are putting themselves at risk for people, like for people that pay to come see them. They don't have to, and they trust us enough with their their bodies, with their lives, to go out there and have a match like that, yeah, means a lot. Well, they're telling us to go home. We appreciate you guys teaming with us on, on this show to talk about some stuff in, um, in North Carolina, and you guys are definitely making North Carolina proud, but also uh, you're definitely making wrestling fans around the world proud with what you guys are putting out there. Uh, we look forward to see what's happening with you guys for the next eight years and eight years after that and eight years after that. And, and then, nope, <laughs> you don't have to attack shaking his head. Gonna... <laughs> no, we, we got to see you do a, uh, your uh, 63-year-old, uh, I guess, uh, Canadian destroyer. So. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> years never will. I can't wait to see what Dax is diving off of and diving off of in thirty years. Diving off the couch, read them. All right, you guys go home, have a little tequila or whiskey or a beer or something. I don't feel so bad. I, I will at twelve o'clock tonight when I get a chance to leave the television station. So <laughs> I'm to try to prop this up for you guys. I know it's all. Ah, there it is. There it goes. Oh, that's there that's it goes. A- guys thank you so much man we we appreciate it and uh hopefully we see you guys soon uh here in north carolina when AEW comes back around oh yeah guys thanks We want to thank AEW, and we also want to thank FTR for giving us some time um, to to do this. It was amazing to have them. AEW has been mm-hmm. amazing uh, yeah. to us in this show uh, since they, since we first had Matt Hardy last year. Uh, so uh, huge thanks to them uh, for providing yet another uh, amazing talent in FTR. And another way for us, of course, to use this platform uh, to highlight some of the greatness that comes out of the state of North Carolina. It's fun seeing how, like they talked about, 
a, an overlooked area, even though it's got such a deep wrestling history, the state of North Carolina, when it comes to independent wrestling, was a very overlooked area. Now, people mm-hmm. that came up through this place, they kind of opened the door a little bit, at least said, like, hey, look, we're, we are good. Yes, you should sign us because we are that good, but we're not just two out of, you know, a hundred just regular a- average dudes. No, there's a lot of guys here that are really talented. Look at them, too. And to see all these guys that came through this area to seeing where they are now and guys that are still coming up, like, for example, your good friend Darius Lockhart still working his way mm-hmm. up from mm-hmm. North Carolina, It's it really is fun to see uh, that homegrown talent, I guess you could say, come through here. Yeah, friend of the show as well. I mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about tag team wrestling in, in particular yeah. where, you know, it's hard to keep a tag team together for that long. And they made a great point with that. A lot of your yeah. favorite tag teams really weren't together for this long of a stretch. It's eight years. It doesn't sound like a long time, but there were breaks in between for a lot of uh, tag teams, including the Hardy Boys, including the Road Warriors. And, and, and you know, so it's tough. And, and so when you think about, you know, injuries when you talk about people maybe getting in trouble or just wanting to have or having contract disputes or just not wanting to have the tag team thing going they want to have more of a solo run it's hard to keep a tag team together and these guys have stayed together through different companies and still uh showing that they're just one of the best in the world so uh, i'm sorry they're the best in the world the best in the world chris don't want any heat (laughs) the best best in the world and you know, and so they're they're absolutely showing that. I hope you guys get a chance uh, to witness them if you haven't had a chance to. If you need to watch something, find the Ring of Honor event from back in April, WrestleMania weekend, where they uh, won the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships mm-hmm. against the Briscoe Brothers. Ah, it's phenomenal. It's nothing else to be said. There's phenomenal. Nothing else to be said. Uh, if you want to follow us, make sure you follow us on Twitter and IG. Uh, you know, of course, you know, my man Dennis right there, the influencer he is, is going up on TikTok as well. So you can find him at the fan rookie. Uh, I'm at Chris Lee TV. L-E-A is how you spell my last name. Mm-hmm. And then also at Culture State Pod on uh, Twitter and also on uh, an IG. So just keep following us and we're going to have a lot of great, great podcasts coming up for you very mm-hmm. soon. A lot of great things in the works for you. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.